your weekly Selk Grassroots podcast, brought to you by the Down to Play app. So, welcome to the Selk Grassroots big interview. This is um, a lockdown series, um, continuing through the uh, grassroots game, talking to everyone uh, who I can possibly uh, get in touch with. This tonight is the charity uh, team show, charity event show, where we've got some um, known names to me uh, in the charity uh, field and, and some new guys, which is brilliant. Uh, lots of people are well known um, around uh, the charity uh, teams game, uh, the People's FC, for instance, uh, amongst others. Um, but I've got together uh, five guys who are doing their thing for their chosen charity, raising awareness um, for their charity and some brilliant charities as well. Um, guys, how are you doing? Yeah, very good, thank you. Yeah, good chat. Talk to somebody other than just the wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's why I've started recording again, guys, to be honest, because... Yeah, I'm talking to uh, my kids and uh, and the missus all the time. It's nice to see some different faces. Definitely, we're recording. Yeah. We're recording via Zoom, so we're all um, guideline savvy. Um, unlike some, we we're uh, we're stringent on the on the guidelines. So, um, thanks for joining us, guys, and thanks for taking the time. So tonight, I've got with me uh, Kent Sands uh, United, one of the. Uh, teams we've played in the Selk 11, um, a brilliant charity, something that struck a chord with uh, lots of people. Um, a brilliant team that play in the Maidstone and Mid-Kent uh, Sunday League, uh, part of our All Around the League show. We've got uh, Nightingale, uh, Nightingale Football Club. We've got um, Angels United. We've got um, Spencer from the Affinity Cup, a charity competition bringing together uh, many teams from... Uh, to represent their charities and we have Damien uh, from Football in Mind FC. Gents, that's my introduction for you. Um, if we start with uh, Nick, can you tell us a bit about your charity or your, your team and your charity? Yeah, so um, we're a little bit unique in that, I know there's other people in here that have done similar, but we're quite unique <coughs> in the fact that we're a charity team that's set up during lockdown. Um, in the first lockdown instance around April time last year. Um, so for us, it was basically in lockdown. We all knew it was going to be quite a long time stuck indoors. Um, we've got people within the setup of the team really who have had mental health issues and other things. Um, and basically, we just wanted to get a feel-good factor. We wanted to give back to the NHS. You know, we had things like the clap on a, th a Thursday night. And we were saying through football, we can create something much bigger than this. We want, want to do something that's going to give back to the NHS yeah. um, through NHS Charities Together Fund, which has been recently headed up by Jordan Henderson. Mm -hmm. um, but we just saw that there was a massive gap there in terms of there's a lot of different charity teams with different things. There are teams that already represent factors of the NHS. But I feel like this is something that off the back of what we've all been through and the day to day life being affected, I think it could be something that going forward could be a massive thing for the NHS in terms of providing them a release it doesn't have to just stick to one area it could be something that goes into different nhs trusts it can go into different um, facets we've got schools involved um it's just really trying to grow the profile of what the nhs do underpin that by the values and the principles of what they stand for so we're very closely affiliated to kick it out yeah um, we're actually going into schools at the moment using the nhs profile as an example of why equality inclusion importance um, all those sort of things or uh, principles really of what kids need to know as they're growing up um, and it's just really waiting to play football we've put a lot of groundwork in 
Um, I think we're sitting just just over 3,000 followers um, in nine months, which is way more than we expected. It started off as um, an initial, we're going to play one game, and then it's just ballooned from there. So it's um, it, it's turned into like a second-day job, to be fair. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Tell me about it. We know, we know all about that. Um, Ollie, can you tell us a bit about Angels United? Yeah, of course. So we were founded in October 2020, just between... Um, Manchester going into tier three and then lockdown two that circuit break we had in November so we've not really been able to do much but we've um, we came together as a group of around 15 dads that um, have all lost children at all ages yeah uh, myself I lost my my twins were born at 23 weeks right um, but we we've, we've got uh, members that are all from uh, miscarriage up to our manager's son passed away when he was 18 right so we're a little bit unique in the way that we reach out to uh, child loss at any stage of life any age um, and then we also uh, decided we wanted to reach out to not just the dads but also all the family members yeah so I'm very honest and open that when <clears throat> when my twins were born my dad was here um, my dad was up in Manchester for the weekend, and after that happened, I got all I got help through. And my wife got help through counselling, but my dad didn't get any help. And I know that it it left a mark on him, and I, it it wasn't good for him mentally. No. So we've reached out. We've got members that aren't just aren't just dads. We've got um, siblings who have like who have lost brothers or sisters when they were younger. Yeah. We've got uncles, we've got godparents. And in our last game before lockdown, we actually had um, father and son playing. So we had our assistant manager playing centre-half and his son, who would have been a brother to uh, John's uh, son or daughter, who was lost through miscarriage, playing to represent him as well. So we, we are hoping to go for charity status ourselves. And we've got some big plans in mind. We're going to be the best dressed team in the country when all our kit and stash arrive. <laughs> uh, we just want to get a chance to play it. And um, just before lockdown was announced, we'd started speaking to a couple of well-known comedians up this way to try and get a launch game. Um, we've got some exciting stuff planned, but it's just waiting now. Yeah. Doing, making sure that at the end of lockdown, we come out of it in a very good position to hit the ground running. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> lockdown as its cons, obviously, because we're all stuck indoors. But the pros is that it's allowed so many people to put sit down and they've got the time to plan things uh, properly. It's not no one's doing it sort of half-assed. It's all it's all proper that you're, we're actually getting a we're able to plan, look ahead. You know, we, all we need is a start date, and then you can press go on all of these ideas and things that are happening. Um, that, that that is a little bit of a plus. All the leagues and stuff that are currently um, struggling and they don't know what's what's going to happen. They're all working behind the scenes to to get all the ducks lined up in a row to just be able to press go. Um, and we got to we got to use this time wisely because hopefully we're not going to have it have it again. Uh, I say hopefully. I hope. I really hope we're not. Um, <clears throat> Damien, can you tell us a bit about Football in Mind FC? Yeah, basically we were set up in 2019, um, so roughly two years ago. We were celebrating our second birthday over the last couple of weeks. Um, birthday. There was myself and Richard, who is now with 
Nightingale is one of the main guys alongside Nick and Perry. Um, and we worked together and we played a game against a team of ex-professionals, raised £4,000 in one, one event. And that event helped set up the 24-hour hotline that Birmingham Mine now use. Um, and we're based on mental health. We want to help people who are struggling. We're trying to set up our own podcast so people can come to us. Um, we can try and advise them where to go, give them some help there and then, things like that. And I, I, I suffered as a child with a lot of mental problems and it took me a long, long time to get over. And then five years ago, my brother killed himself. Right. So it means a hell of a lot to me to do this. And this year, we're, we're planning on raising a hell of a lot. We've got more than just football matches planned. We're joining in with the Affinity Cup. We've got <laughs> coming up. And we're lucky we've got a good football ground that are going to back us so we can hold various different events to try and bring people together. Fantastic. We'll get to the National Affinity, Affinity Cup in a minute. We'll just jump to uh, Kent Sands and a familiar face there. Uh, to me, uh, how you doing, mate? You right? Yes, very good, thank you. How's nice uh, again. how's everything been? Good. Yeah, yeah, you know, trying to stay positive, as positive yeah. as possible. Um, um, yeah, introduce a bit about my team. Um, yeah, on, please, Sands, Sands United. Um, they're becoming a bit of a countrywide um, name now. There is around about thirty Sands Uniteds all around the country. Um, primarily focused upon Sands, the charity, which is the stillbirth and neonatal death charity. Yeah. So basically, um, in layman's terms, that is um, people that have gone through child loss, either during pregnancy, labour itself, or shortly after birth. Right, okay. Uh, neonatal is very young babies. Um, there was a lot of support from Sands for mothers and mm. there was not a lot for fathers yeah off the back of this there was a kickstart um a charity match that was uh, went ahead in northampton um it was just a one-off match initially raising money for sons mm-hmm. but the match itself attracted fathers that might never have played football ever before but they heard that it was a football match for Sands and they wanted to get involved yeah. and some people came together they created a one-off match and raised a good amount of money this was um, organised by Rob Allen who was the founder of Sands United yeah. and um, f- upon hearing about this it was, I, I really wanted to get involved myself um, but being living down in Kent and the team in Northampton it wasn't you know, it wasn't practical. So we got in touch with the charity and got in touch with Rob and uh, we decided um, let's try like uh, a pilot team like outside of the Sands United. They were just Sands United and now that's hence why we've got Kent on, on our name. Um, we, we started a team up down in Kent and just, you know, a few um, social media posts started up on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter pages and we were getting... Uh, local groups sharing the, the word and spreading out and um, before we know it we've got we've been going nearly uh, two years yeah. oh, over two years actually sorry we've got over 40 
dads that have contacted the team and have now got a new sort of lease of footballing life in the legs. Uh, similar to what, like what Ollie was saying, where um, close family members joining in with the team. It's not just dads on the team. As, as you know, we are not a support network. Is not just who's under your roof. Support network is your friends and family all around you. Yeah. And we know, like, um, you know, my best friend that was at the, the funeral for my boys, you know, he's affected by the situation. So, of course, we're never going to turn him away. Sands United is open. He supported the charity. He supported me. So, therefore, you know, it has a knock-on effect. And the team is able to grow that way. Because initially, you know, there's, there's teams around the country that haven't been able to attract 15 players for a league match week in week out so we had to branch out a little bit but we've actually found the the pros and cons from having that um you know from either playing a league match or a charity match we can have different squads so to speak we can almost have just um dads on charity matches if if that's when they want to play but if they can't make it week in week out because of other family commitments we have the the uncles and the, the best friends and the brothers that come along and help us make the make the squad up but um, yeah we've had like I mentioned about being in the league the Midstone and Sunday League we you know we we started a competitive team you know we've we've had lots of uh, lessons learned I suppose you know <laughs> pros and cons in the, in the league but um, we started um, getting a bit of traction we got just actually before the very first lockdown we got our first win and now it's suddenly Get oh, halted. Hope, <laughs> so we're actually unbeaten in quite a while. <laughs> ah. So, but um, we've had a few, uh, lot of um, positive charity games, raising money, um, donations for the team, and donations for the charity itself. Uh, our latest of which we we played. Uh, well, we played you guys. Um, yeah. What was that? End of the summer time, September sort of time. Yeah, it seems like forever it ago now, doesn't it? It does. It does. Um, but, um, we split like like we did there. We split the sort of charity pot between two different charities, and it worked great because it brought two charity teams together. Um, but we had a we managed to squeeze a match in just before Christmas against uh, a lot of like famous DJs. Okay. They they play they're local to Hidstone, but we had like a Radio One DJ playing and some big Ibiza DJs playing, and through that we were able to raise you know a thousand pounds from yeah. just one you know one little game alone no fans there or anything just the people playing and a few donations off the side of it you know Fantastic. it's things like that that's allowing us to keep kicking on and keeping us playing on the pitch because you know playing in the league it, it unfortunately it costs you money yeah. but the position I wanted to do is never stop somebody playing because they can't afford to play football or they can't afford the fees and they can't afford the kits. And so I still say money is no option. That's where our sponsors, you know, if we have people that suffer, you know, through their losses that have had to take time off work and they've had to, you know, the, the family's depending on them. And, you know, I don't want to be saying, oh, we don't, we need that five pound for training. Like, not at all. Like, Mm. You know, the other other guys have offered to you know to, to put hands in their pockets to pay for their training and things, but like that's what charity, that's what their generous sponsors are for. You know, all these sort of we have money in for rainy day that money should not be an object for not being able to play for being able to play football. And uh, kind of that ethos is just knocked on, it, um, and it gets it makes people want to come along training and. 
it's great seeing people that have never kicked the ball in 10 years and are now out. They've got two hours out the house on a Tuesday night for a bit of training yeah. and the mindset totally changes. It's uh, really amazing to see. Fantastic. Yeah, I think um sounds like you could put two teams out next season, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, must be. <laughs> uh, no, the, 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 the time away and uh, the time for yourself is important and we'll get into that in a minute with, with mental health. Um, Spencer, you are the founder, I think. You are the founder of the Affinity Cup, a charity uh, competition where you seem to be uh, very active and, and everyone seems interested in taking part in your uh, competition. Um, tell us a bit about the Affinity Cup, where the idea come from and what the, what, how, how it's looking at the moment for the tournament to be run. Yeah, well, I appreciate the kind words, but I'm not the, the founder, so to speak, although I am, but it's it's, it's, it's a joint venture um, okay. run between ourselves. So I, I also run my own charity team, Essex Charity Football Club. Okay, yeah. Um, and the National Affinity Cup is kind of the brainchild between ourselves and our good friends over at Nightingale. Okay. So um, it's actually myself and Nick, who we've got on the support as well, um, run the Affinity Cup project. Right. Um, so he might want to chip in with this as well. But um, it's something that we've been planning for probably just, probably I would say, coming up for a year now. Um, we felt that charity football community is a really strong one. Um, there's lots of amazing teams and, and personnel within those teams up and down the country. And one of the things that we realised is that those teams and those, the personnel within those teams don't, get the recognition that they deserve for all the hard work that goes in. Um, I'm sure all of these guys will agree with me, but running a charity team can become a full-time job. It's it's It can be difficult and frustrating at times, but very, very rewarding at the same time. Um, it's not just as simple a fact as turning up on a Sunday league in the morning, paying your five pounds to pay and then walking away again. Um, there's so much more that goes in, 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 it's so much more involved in that. And we wanted to give that recognition um, to those teams, really, and, and try to try to find a way that we can provide them with as much exposure as possible. Also provide them with a platform to be able to compete, and bring everyone together. So we came up with the, the idea of the National Affinity Cup. And to be honest with you, it's, it's, it's really hit the ground running. Um, we didn't realise how far it was going to go at the moment. We thought it was just going to be something that would be an idea. Um, it's really shot off and I mean we, we've been very very lucky um, very fortunate um, being supported by lots of different businesses and, and personnel up and down the country but um, it's just it's just a really good way of, of trying to bring charity communities together and trying to recognise all the hard work for everybody Is there is there an overarching charity that you're looking to support with, with the National Affinity Cup or is it just you're going to pick a few charities and any money raised will get uh, split between there? Or is it the teams that are entering? Is it their charities that you're looking to um, to help? Yeah, so we, we didn't really want to choose a specific charity for the Affinity Cup. We still wanted to make sure that the teams that are involved are still recognising and supporting the charities that they, that they support through their activity as well. So the idea is that every single game the, the charity will be played in aid of both the home and away teams' charities. Okay. With 
whatever money is raised in those games being split between equally equally in both team parities. Um, so it's, it's a good way of, of um, making sure that no one loses out. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, it's just it's just growing and growing day by day. I'm sure Nick will agree with me. We're just so, so busy with it. Um, really rewarding at the same. Good job. We're all working from home and able to bunk off, I suppose, at the moment, and it's <laughs> grab those couple of hours you need. Yeah. To, to be honest, it's been it's been although although I about lockdown, it's, it's actually been a, a blessing, really. Um, mm-hmm. So we, we all, we've all got our day jobs. Don't get me wrong, and that kind of precedent, but we it couldn't really have come at a better time for something like this because it's allowed us to, to put a lot of groundwork and a lot of planning in. Yeah. Um, and like some of the some of the other guys said, it's just that what we want to do is, is put put the planning and the groundwork in now. When we we're out of this lockdown and football activity can can commence, then you know we we've done it all. We can just just get it there. Yeah, that's the way. That's the way. Uh, so for those of you that don't know that are listening, uh, we've also got the Selk Eleven charity team, which supports uh, the Mike Strong Memorial uh, Fund, which is a fund set up for the daughters of um, Mike Strong, uh, a grassroots player from uh, the Alberton and Bromley. Uh, Sunday Football League, amongst other uh, league, who took his own life. Um, I think it was um, a year ago, uh, just gone, just before Christmas. There was a fund set up um, by the family that um, Nick Pitt has sort of taken on the charity. He's the he's running with that, and he's one of our contributors on the podcast. So we decided to set up the Selk Eleven, um, where we um, raise money um, for that fund. Essentially, that's 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 it. It's just a pot of money that's building up for two uh, little girls um, who've lost their dad. And uh, obviously all of us here uh, have experienced or or are raising money for people that have have experienced loss. And we know that through these endeavours, you can never make it um, 100% better, um, but you can try and make things a little bit brighter um, for those affected. So that's the aim of the um, of the Selk 11. Uh, we play other charity facing teams. We don't really want to start playing um, everybody. We're only looking to play charity teams. We'd probably play three or four games a year. Uh, I think to date, Nick has raised over 10 grand for um, for the pot, for the girls. Um, wow. And yeah, that's been supported by a massive event that he had. Um, two teams that uh, Mike used to play for. Um, Nick got all the old players together from those two teams and had a game at Bromley FC. And I think he raised, I think he raised um, six or seven grand that night with auctions and tickets and stuff. And through the Selk 11, I think we've managed to raise 1500 quid either side of, um, of lockdown, which was, it didn't help us with crowds and stuff, but the, the Kent Sands game um, was miles better than the, uh, the people's game for us. And we don't, we're not going to talk about why, uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, we really enjoyed um, meeting uh, the Kent Sands guys, especially we knew all about the people's, but um, Kent Sands um, is a fantastic um, team. And we look to, to make that a home and an away fixture um, alternating each year. Where we can go and give Kent Sands some more money uh, playing away. And then likewise, we'll return, they'll return the favour the year after. So it's become a good, a good partnership for us and one that we look to, to keep going and, uh, Hopefully we'll get to play you guys if we, we get up north anytime, anytime soon. Um, so lockdown, obviously we've talked about it in terms of um, how it's caused things to stop, start and 
not being able to kick a ball. Obviously, we're all here because we we like football and, and football is the vehicle that that brings people to support the charity. It's amazing how it, how it does that. Um, but how has lockdown um, caused issues to your fundraising? And um, how, how do you sort of get around that? There's only so many quizzes and, and scratch cards and things like that that you, that you can do. And, and ultimately, people love it when you do the first one. But then as it goes on, people become uh, less and less sort of supportive of those things. So how, how have you dealt with, um, with fundraising uh, and, and activities like that during uh, lockdown? Uh, Ollie, if you want to go with that one, mate, first of all, thank you. Yeah, of course. Um, our fundraising in lockdowns kind of stopped. We, we sort of started planning for ideas moving forwards more than um, and trying to be a bit more adventurous. Um, when we've um, started working with some other people as well. So we've uh, linked up to speak to a, a little charity. Well, they're in the process of becoming a charity, Friends of Frankie, um, okay. based down in Altrincham, set up in memory of a little boy that went to uh, Frankie Grogan. He was three and his mum and dad put him down to bed one night and unfortunately Frankie passed away in that evening. Um, heartbreaking story and we're, we're hoping that working with, to be, being open and working with people, we're going to be able to come out of lockdown and really drive forward. We're working on a memorial walk to um, go around the major grounds of Man- sort of Greater Manchester in a day. So um, we're going to start at Gig Lane Berry. Um, we've spoken to the uh, chairman of the new Berry, AFC Berry, yep. who, who, um, whose son died very young as well. So we're going to go Berry to Rochdale, Rochdale to Oldham, um, <laughs> Oldham down to Man City, over to Salford, uh, across to Old Trafford, and then finish at Altrincham. So hopefully, uh, I think it's about 38 miles in a day. So it's going to be an end on a high. Yeah. Hopefully, <laughs> or or all end on a crippling mess, but uh, it's gonna be hard work. But um, and then we're just looking at trying to get fixtures in. We're going to have a big game against Friends of Frankie. We're hoping to get um, Altrincham's ground for that, and then it's just for us at the moment with lockdown. It is like you said. There's so many. There's only so many Zoom calls you can have. So many quizzes you can do, or we've just been really lucky that we've had a lot of support from local businesses. Yeah. Uh, each of our players has got a sp- uh, sponsor, which doesn't sound much, but during like the hard times where you've got businesses like such as like beauty salons that haven't been able to open, but they've still dug deep and sponsored players and you've got personal trainers and things like that. And these are the people that are really being affected by lockdown because they're not working. So they've not got money coming in, but they've still been really generous to dig deep and sponsor us. And like like I said earlier, we've we've got a sponsor for our home kit and away kit and everything we need to be good to go. Yeah. And it, it, it's just been we've been very lucky with the companies that have been very generous. Uh Damien, sorry mate. Uh, have you have you guys continued to fundraise or are you putting it on the back burner as well? Um, well, we started rebuilding Football in Mind in roughly August, so we missed the first lockdown and then we decided we we're going to start trying to find fixtures, etc. And then obviously the third lockdown came in. Yeah. Um, during that, we did a 475 mile walk 
collectively mm-hmm. between the 5th of January and the 31st of January. Um, basically, there was 10 people in total, two of which were my kids, got involved. Um, and we were just going out on daily walks. There was an 11-mile walk with my son. And he got home and he said, I could have gone longer and I just want to raise money. So fair play to him for that. Next day, he couldn't walk. But <laughs> quite funny. Um, we've So far, we've raised just shy of £200 off that um, into our just giving. Sponsorship-wise, we're really lucky that we've got a massive sponsor in Taylor Wimpy. Okay. Um, and they have brought our first kit, the, train, uh, the training wear, the polos, the face masks, the snoods all of that, and they've paid for all of that for us, so we haven't had to dig into our own pockets. And then we've got other companies coming in, such as where I work. I can't name them because, unfortunately, I can't say anything on social media about them, whether it be good or bad. Um, They're buying the match balls. Okay. So we haven't got to pay for them. Um, Training equipment, we've got clubs going, yeah, you can use this, you can use that. Um, And then... We've got things like United Designs. They've come in, become our um, graphics designer. Yep. So they're doing everything for us. And like Nightingale, we've we're working with Kick It Out. And with everything that's going on at the moment, it's a massive message. It needs to be pushed. So teams like us pushing it is going to help. Um, back to the fundraising side of it, we've got four or five events coming up. Little events. Um, I'm not going to go too too much into it. We're working with the future. We'll get into the future events uh, in a minute, and you'll give you that'll be your little your little time. Okay, okay. all your stuff. Um, Nick from Nightingale, can you just um, how have you found it? It's tricky, definitely. Yeah, I was going to say. So, as previously mentioned, setting up when we had the the first lockdown, it was sort of very much just getting the idea off the ground. Um, but Damien will tell you. We were very much, and still speak to him now, we're very much like on the same page in terms of we have an idea and we won't go to bed sort of until that's sorted. Yeah. It, it's got to be done. Um, so sort of put the feelers out there and within a week of getting on board with Nightingale, it wasn't me that personally set the team up, but with a, within a week of getting on board, we'd got um, BBC Local Radio got involved. <clears throat> um, sorry, my voice is going. Um, so the first thing we wanted to do really was put the idea out of what we were doing. So it was a case of pushing it out media wise, say what we're doing. And we sort of a little bit naively, I was just thinking about what Ollie said a few minutes ago. We naively sort of planned a walk. Um, and at the time it was, at the time it was put out on the radio and we said, I'll tell you what, we a really good idea. We, we live near a team called Sporting Bromsgrove, very good side up in this area. They've got a huge following. Um, used to be Bromsgrove Rovers back in the day. And we decided to walk from there to Villa Park. We're all long suffering Villa fans behind the team. Um, I've been a season ticket holder since 1994 and it's been the longest I've been without going. I've, I've missed one game in all those years. So I said, why don't we do a, a walk to raise awareness? We'll go from Sporting Bromsgrove to Villa Park and back. Similar to what Ollie said, 35 mile walk. And um, just a bit of advice for you, Ollie, when you're doing it, just make sure you've got plenty of plasters and you're changing the socks, <laughs> mate, because no word of a lie, I could lift my feet up now. I've still got toenails that haven't grown back. We're, we're very uh, lucky. One of our one of our dads used to be in the army and um, he strategically volunteered to drive the uh, car behind. Brilliant. He, he said, I'll drive the car, I'll make sure it's all stopped because I remember when I was doing my 10-mile marches with the army and you always need someone in the car behind. So 
That was easy. Oh, Straight away, I'll killer. drive the car. No, I can remember it. I remember distinctly because we set off at 4.50 in the morning. It was the hottest day of the year at the time and took all these bottles of drink and everything else. And I remember getting to Villa Park and it was like, like any charity thing, you'd all say the same, you know, and you've got that sense of pride and elation that you've achieved something. But then it was that realisation of like, bloody hell, I've got to walk all the way back now. And it was at the point of the day where it was probably about 30 odd degrees. I got back to the Queen Elizabeth Hospital in Birmingham, um, which was one of the stop-offs. One of the things we tried to do was go to all the major hospitals, um, which I'll come on to in a second. Um, got past there. And then the last leg, we've got a set of hills near us, what well known the Licky Hills. Um, we had to get over those and it was just absolute agony. And I say, my, the first day of my new job, so I'm a head of Key Stage 3 in a middle school. Um, the first day of my new job was the following day after this walk and I had to get my wife to drop me in, in a pair of sliders. Bear in mind, like, there were kids in school looking at you like, well, who's this guy, his new teacher? Who's this clown at the front? So sliders, blisters, the bloody lot. So it was uh, all for a good cause, but I certainly won't be doing that again in a hurry unless it's strategically planned and we've got a car following us, as you've just said. Um, we've just been trying to come up with as many ideas as possible. So we've done little sort of internal fundraising things amongst family. We've done your standard sort of football charity cards, all those sort of things to get things driven off. But probably the proudest achievement has been in the last few weeks. So um, we've built quite a big, there's no pun with the word affinity, but we've, we've built quite a big affinity with um, a lot of the Villa support. So I've got links within the Villa myself um, and I get to go to a lot of meetings with the club and other things. But we had the Birmingham Royal Orthopaedic Hospital get involved a few weeks back. Um, and basically, they just said, we, we want to get involved with what you're doing um, for the NHS. Is there any way we can help sponsorship and so on? And it's now become a partnership. So not only are we looking at raising money for NHS charities together, um, we're also doing events and sort of coordinated partnerships with them. Um, I should say several of our players. So the whole idea of Nightingale was to bring um, a football team for NHS workers um, people who work directly for the NHS or paramedics. Um, and in the team now, we've got about four or five people who are surgeons, medical specialists, ward managers, um, as said paramedics before. We've got um, emergency workers in forms of police. So we, we just wanted all the people that had put Nightingale hospitals together to be able to come together for a good cause and make sure it wasn't just a case of COVID's out of the way, let's forget about it and let's go back to taking the NHS for free. I think we need to make sure that we're keeping this going long term and having... The, um, the support of the orthopaedic hospital has given us a bit of presence within Birmingham itself. Um, they've got some incredible plans. They've got their own um, charitable fund, which is, like I say, the sponsor on the front of this year. Um, having spoke to them, literally, I was on the phone for an hour last week and just really inspired with the things that they came away with in terms of what they want to do, things that we've got ideas for. Um, in terms of the fundraising, like I say, it's been limited, but it's just been getting as many ideas. that They're all ready to go. It's just like you said earlier, press the button and it's, that's when the hard work will start. We think it's been hard work so far, but once it does kick off, I know it's going to be 10 times as hard. So. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> it sounds like Kent, Kent Sands have been playing games over, uh, but just before Christmas, you said. Um, is, but other than that, um, how have you found, I know you're, 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 a, a, you're a proper team by way of actually playing in a league, but um, how, how have you found the whole the lockdown? Yeah, we, we, we've had a lot of games knocked on the head. Uh, we managed to squeeze one in in between um, in between the tiers in the lockdowns and things. But yeah, we've we've probably had ten games, ten charity matches knocked on head. Which this was meant to be our like big period of time that we were going to um, spend. We were because our league this year got made um, smaller divisions, so we were only teams of eight, uh, leagues of eight. 
So it allowed us to have, we were already going to have weekends off. So we were fill, filling them weekends up with charity matches and traveling around, you know, even against other Sand United teams around the country. But, um, you know, against, you know, people in this chat, we've, we've had, we've had chats about um, matches and um, hiring big, you know, the, the sort of county grounds and things like that, where um, everyone's quite generous when it comes to the grounds Um when, as soon as you bring on the charity side of things, you know, people do dig deep. Um, yeah. An example is um, just we played um, the Brighton Sands United team in a charity game. We were meant to have a league game the next day. Uh, I wasn't up um, at that match the next day. I was working. So I uh, handed the, the kit bags over to my assistant manager and uh, his, his car was broken into one night and all of our kit and match stuff was stolen. Um, it probably, you know, they didn't know what it was. It was bags that they took out the, the boat, so it's probably just been somewhere. But uh, I could, it, we kind of ended, had to go fundraising to to replace kit that was lost, and people were so generous, and it really gave us like a new sort of, um, to what the term is, you know, new family respect for people. Everyone just the hardest of times and people are digging deep and donating and contacting us if we want to loan a kit and loan, um, you know, goalkeeping coaches for professional teams heard the story because it got put on the ITV news and, um, you know, donating us pairs of gloves and things and all this little, um, little bit here and there, it's got us back into a good position where we're ready to go again whenever, you know, whatever we can do. Mm. We've got these teams lined up that, all want to get these games going again so um, you know it's th- there's good things on the horizon just whenever that horizon sort of appears it, it um, definitely it definitely restores your faith in in sort of humans you see all the crap that yeah that's a great way to put it on yeah. social media uh, all the time you know it's <clears throat> it's a toxic place pretty much uh, most of the time but when you are doing these charity events and running these uh, charity teams, um, you do really, you do really see the best side uh, of people. One hundred percent, I'm sure you can all agree, uh, Spencer. Yeah. That probably, that probably really goes to you. How how have you guys been been backed by, by social media and the setup of the of the Affinity Cup? Well, if you don't mind, I'm going to let Nick cover that off, just because he's better at talking about this kind of stuff than me. Um, that's all right. No problem. Um, so Nick, Nick's probably the best to, to answer that, if that's what you, Nick. You put the pressure on me there. Um, <laughs> yeah, so um, really for us, again, similar to Nightingale, really, it's just constantly coming up with new concepts and ideas. Um, but it's trying to, for me, I think, and it's not taking advantage of the situation in, a, in an arrogant way. I think we need something to look forward to. And I think this was the perfect time to try and bring people together. We haven't got a lot to do. Like I say, we're all working hard on what we're doing and we're all looking forward to this end goal of getting on the pitch and playing. So why not? Why sort of lose that opportunity now to come up with an idea that's going to bring people together and ultimately look forward to being involved in the events? Mm. Um, it's just been a case of constantly plugging away, um, making sure that everything that we do really has been aligned exactly how we would envisage a charity competition. Let's say we were going to go and enter one it's exactly what I'd want it to feel like, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So we've, we've had people who work within the FA work very closely with us to make sure that this is all done above board. It's all done correctly. It's done the right way because again, 
you guys will know yourselves in the charity market. There's always somebody out there that what's in it for you. What, what, why are you doing it? You know, that sort of thing. And yeah, we've all got causes, but at the same time, there are genuine people like ourselves who just want to be good people who want to help people out. And we have faced, we, we've had people question what we're doing, why we're doing it. Why is it not a certain way? Um, and that's been the biggest frustration in it all. Um, and, and for me, it's just, I think it speaks volumes in the fact that we've had as many people get involved as we did. When, when we initially spoke, Spence, I know that we, I think we said, if we get sort of 16 to 20 teams, it'd be a brilliant start. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's more than double that. And we've still got people who are looking at applying through FA affiliation and other stuff. Um, again, reason we did that, we wanted to make sure that, again, everything was in line with the FA rulings. Um, we're hoping through the continued work with them, um, they've said about sanctioning the cup as well, but it's something that will be done once everything's signed off in terms of who's entering and all that. It's just a case of, again, box ticking. Um, but just trying to spread the word, get it around as many people as we can. So to give you some perspective of the spread, um, I know a lot of charity competitions are quite localised. And we wanted to try and get it to as many people as possible. I know travel's an issue, but um, we've got teams in Newcastle, or East Anglia, down Essex Way, Brighton, going around. I'm just trying to think of geography skills here, going around the country. Um, Wales, but, South Wales. Yeah, everywhere. Well, you, you name a major city, we've pretty much got at least one side from within the top 10 or so cities within the country. Um, we've got some teams that are brand new to the charity scene. Um, people who have never been given the opportunity to express themselves through playing football, one competitively, but two with a shared purpose of raising money. So we've got teams that represent um, the LGBT community. We've got people that, um, Truck United, who represent um, the trans community. And it's just trying to say that every single person plays a part in the puzzle of charity football. Everybody's welcome. Mm-hmm. I think it was, I think it was um, Sands earlier, I think he said, it's an open door. You know, we, we want as many people to come on board as possible. And the collective voice is going to get stronger in terms of making charity football at the forefront of football. We need as many people on board with that. Yeah. And I think one thing, if there's one thing that we could hope comes out of it more than anything, apart from it being a successful competition, it's to really establish charity football at the forefront of the mind of the FA. Um, I know a lot of teams have to affiliate and we have to pay the same fees that Sunday league teams do and other people. I just want people to realise that there's a lot of people who are giving up their weekends week in, week out to help charities out. But also those charities are actually relying on people like ourselves to put these events together to raise the money that they need for the things that they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, guys, I think whilst the causes are slightly uh, uh, different <clears throat> between the between all of the charities here, I think overarching, I think mental health ticks everyone's boxes uh, regardless um, I know that the 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 the, the, the root um, the root reason that some of you here is bereavement or death of a child or, or um, things like that. But mental health ticks boxes um, for everyone here. How how important do you think football and these types of events and this type of release? Um, how important do you think that is um, for people's mental health, especially blokes' mental health? Where I mean, I'm a dad and and my football on a Sunday morning. I'm a ref, so I, I, it's, it's um, extra, it's extra, extra tricky for me. Um, but um, those those two hours are sometimes uh, the only time that I get to myself uh, each week. Um, sad enough to say that, but that's that's the that's the life of of a father and a, and a busy person. Um, how, how important are those hours in this football um, for people at this time? 
it's something to look forward to, isn't it? I think you just said the key word. It's 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 a release. It's a release. I mean, mental health comes in all different shapes and sizes and all different forms. But I mean, it doesn't make you any less of a person than anybody else. And I think for those for those who enjoy football, whether you don't enjoy football, it's it's just it just gives you those couple of hours on the Sunday or whether you do training midweek, just just get everything. Just just put your boots on, step onto the pitch, and just forget anything else. And I think I think that does work for a lot of people that do suffer with mental health. Me especially, I mean, I, I look forward to the football and way of getting everything else that's going on within the world. Being with, I was going to say, I think that's part of the issue with lockdown as well. Is yeah, football football's lovely to watch on the telly, but I'm I will my team are actually on telly on Friday night, and it's not the same. Um, I'm a long suffering Gillingham fan, and oh. if it wasn't if it wasn't for football. <laughs> I would be in a like through Angels United is what is the escape now, but the day the Saturday after my girl's funeral, I've run away to watch Jill's play at Accrington. Yeah, and I and if I hadn't done that, I would have been in a much worse place. The following morning, I woke up to text from the manager, and I had the players all reaching out to me. And you don't realise how much of a tool football is for mental health. Yeah, so. Like that's the get out of lockdown and it's not even the for us it's not just kicking the ball around it's getting the chance to meet up and even if as much as it'd be nice to go and kick a football it'd be nice to just go and sit around on a pitch and have a chat yeah. and it's, uh, we we describe it as, uh, as football is like our safe place where we um, yeah. you know, I'm surrounded by people that have same loves which is football you know, we have a common connection in my team of, you know, we've all been through a loss one way or another, indirectly or directly. Mm-hmm. But I feel safe that if I want to discuss, talk about my three boys that I've lost, I'm not talking to someone that's going to, you know, shut you down or tell you a man up, tell you anything along them stupid things. But the people will listen and genuinely listen. And some of my best friends now are the people that, I play football with that I've known for two years compared to people I've known all my whole life because when you're around each other in a weekly setting, you know, Tuesdays and Sundays, um, sometimes, you, you know, you do turn down and you've got, you know, you've got the weight of the world on your shoulders and you just want to, you go out and play football, but it's not, and then you just, one person just needs to give you that look on or that sort of hand on the shoulder or anything like that. And it just totally lifts your spirits. And like you say, you cross that white line, you kind of forget, your worries in life for a little bit. You, you're getting on and you're focusing on, you know, the match coming up at the weekend or having, having fun that night. But it's totally, like, people look forward to it so much. It is that safe place where you can just be who you are. You know, you're not pretending. You've got no guards up. People understand what we're there for. So we're not going to hide it. We, we talk about it. We wear our angels' names, pride, front of our shirt. People talk to us about our babies' names and they mention the names and anywhere else in life like in the office at work no one would say my boys' names whereas on the anniversary of my boys that I lost you know the guys are giving me the captain's armband or the guys are having a minute of silence and they're all texting you the night before and they're texting you afterwards and during that day it's that whole t- brotherhood and togetherness that the WhatsApp group is a safe place to talk the football pitch is a safe place to talk you might even jump in the car pick a mate up on the way to football 
and you can just have that chat on the way to football and it, it's all that common connection of football and you know making that safe place I've experienced it I want other people to experience the same as what I've found strengthened I think that spreads throughout charity football as well because I've found it's, it's a real tight-knit community charity football and like we all generally kind of know each other in some way or form and we all help each other and we all give each other advice and everything like that and it's just it's really good to see and I think as you said it's it's got that um a release for, for everyone in, in my book. Uh, Damien how have you found that obviously you're covering uh, mental health um directly for your for your cause have you have you found people have reached out to you to to get involved who, who have been sufferers or or or, or they is it hard to sort of get those those people involved? Since we rebuilt, personally, I've had at least 25 messages with people reaching out to me saying, look, I'm suffering. Can I get involved? And I won't turn anybody away. Um, since the rebuild, I've said it doesn't matter what sex they are, as long as they're 16 or over, to cover the insurance. At some point or another, they will have a run out for football in mind. Because I used to use football. I mean, I don't play often enough now. Um, injuries stopped me from playing a long time ago, but I then stopped smoking and became fat. But um, basically, I, as soon as I crossed that line, that football was like a punch bag to me. Um, that's what I want to give to other people. Those who are suffering say, look, go and take your tr- stress out on that little round ball. Don't take it out on yourself. Use that ball to use it there and then, and you can just kick it as hard as you want. Do whatever you want with it. Um, hopefully, that will give them a little bit of, as everybody keeps saying, the release. Mm. And as I say, I've had 20, 25 people private messaging me on Twitter, on Facebook, Instagram, all saying, look, I suffer with mental health. Can I get involved? Um it's perfect for me because I'll get them involved. I will then pass their details on with their permission to the right people to try and give them the right support. Fantastic. And Nick, with Nightingale, I guess if you've got um, NHS staff um, involved in the in the team um, after a shit week dealing with all the things they have to deal with, I'm guessing the football is um, is 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 their is their release and their escape from all that all the crap that they've had to go through for the last year. Yeah, it's it's, it's been pretty harrowing and I, I don't use that word lightly really. We, you know, we're all aware of the news briefings, we read things, you look at your apps, whatever else. Until you stand there and you talk to the guys that are dealing with the stuff day in, day out, it's a completely different world. And I don't think, it's a really horrible phrase I'm going to say now because again, going back to the teaching side of it, we're trying to get the children that we've still got in school to realise the importance of the distancing and all that side of stuff. Mm. And I still think a lot of them are very naive in terms of they, they don't really realise how dangerous it is. So to give you just one example, and I know he won't mind me mentioning him because he, you know, I did the other week and he was loving the fact he got a name drop. Um, but Lee John, incredible guy. Um, so he's a, a surgeon, again, at the orthopaedic hospital. Um, all elective surgery has been cancelled recently and he's been dragged into... Um, COVID support wards whenever he's had extra time. So where, where he'd normally be operating, he's been going in and dealing and seeing firsthand what's going on. And he said, the thing is, mate, he said, I, I, at times I'm scared. He said, because 
I'm in an area that I'm not used to dealing with, mm. but it's all hands to the pump and it's all 24-7 going because it's it's life or death. He's 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 had a really unfortunate set of circumstances in that um, his wife is an absolutely lovely lady. Um, she's been through cancer quite an advanced stage at the same time as all this going on. Yeah. Um, so obviously she's high risk. He's going into work doing sometimes 12 to 16 hours in hospital and then some days not knowing whether it's safe enough for him to go back home. Yeah. And then on a Friday night, he'll turn up to football and he puts us to shame. You think he's worked 16 hours, three, four days a week. He's risking his life. He'll turn up to training and he runs around like he's a six-year-old. Absolutely loves it. He's Fantastic. more energy than anybody else. Like You just don't know where they get it from. And they're an incredible set of people. Yeah, when you get sure. talking to them and you realise just how difficult it is. Um, the other thing that I think hasn't really been mentioned yet, and again, this is only just because it's my my sort of background, day in, day out, I'm seeing the mental health side of things in schools. Mm-hmm. And I know me and Damien have spoke about this before because we've both had elements in terms of things that have happened to us. Um, so I lost my father at a young age and I saw the impact. Being the older brother, I tried to be the person that held everything together. And I saw what that did to my younger brother who idolised my dad. He followed him everywhere. I see kids now in school who, again, football is the only thing in their life that they look forward to. It doesn't matter what their academic ability is. It doesn't matter whether they play every weekend. They can name you every single player who plays for every single club, whatever else. Yeah. All they ever want to talk about in lessons is football. Yeah. And they're the other ones that are suffering at the moment. And this is why I think it's important that we teach the charity elements children as well. And that's something that we've taken pride in, in terms of putting the curriculum stuff together to try and get into schools, use the NHS for our example, but it could be adapted to other charities as well. Um, but just go in and teach them, this is why we do charity. We do charity events in school, but have you ever sat and actually discussed why we do it apart from raising money? What impact do you have? What would happen if there wasn't charity? Yeah. So it's, it's a massive, massive facet. So the future, what does the future hold guys? I mean, we've all sounds like we've got only positive things to say about our journeys so far. And I'll join that, that, that it's been positive in terms of growing your team, getting the, getting some football played and, and raising some cash. Most of us, obviously, some of you, some of you newer guys will, will experience the, the rush of getting your first pound and, and, uh, and it's fantastic. But um, what's the future, what does the future hold for your, for your team? Is this just a, a short term thing or are you looking uh, to make this a, a, a long term venture and grow each of your, each of your sets or each of your setups? Personally, I know Martin Gale got a hell of a lot of fixtures. So I speak to Nick quite a lot. Um, the amount of fixtures they've got going on, as well as the Affinity League, I don't know how their players are going to be able to play Sunday League and their games. Um, we've got 12 fixtures set up, as well as the Affinity League. Um, we're hoping, what's that, we set up the there, penciled in. Hoping once the Green Lords go in, we can just set dates move forward with the football events. But then we've got things like, I'm, I'm in touch with Guy Rippon at Aston Villa Foundation. Nick will know from the meetings he goes to, etc. Um, we're working collaboration with the foundation now. And we're hoping that like, they will get involved with us as much as we're getting involved with them. So you're going to see things like we're going on bike rides for the Aston Villa Foundation. Um, we're going on walks with the Aston Villa Foundation. But Aston Villa Foundation and Birmingham Mind have now just partnered up. 
So it's sort of all beds in together. Um, from there, we're hoping that we can take the next step forward. We've got Denham United. They're probably going to love the fact I've just name dropped them. Social uh, media. Yeah, um, they have. They they work for their local branch of Mind, and they've got an idea. I won't say what it is because it's still quite raw. Um, we're getting involved with that. We've got Castle Bromwich Alliance who want us to work with them. We go 50-50 and they're doing for Birmingham Children's Hospital. So again, it comes into, you've got Ollie and Kent, it's children, you've got Nick who's NHS. It's all, everything, all ends up going towards the same charities, mental health, children, NHS. And it's perfect because this is how teams all just get together and we'll end up having yearly matches. Yeah, agreed. Uh, Angels, yeah. FC, Angels United. What's your, what's your, what's the future looking? I know you're, you're just taking your, your first steps. Yeah, really, we're, aren't we're, you? So, so we're gonna, taking our, our first steps. We've got uh, on the football side side of things. It's just all clicking into place for us. In the future, it's going to be move uh, using the football as a tool, but we want to become more offering the bereavement side we'd love to our future plans are to hopefully get charity status ourselves it's a lot of hoops to jump through it's a lot of uh, things that we need to boxes to tick and things like that but we'd love to have a site uh, have a location where we can offer bereavement support so if people do need a professional to talk to we'll have someone that works with us because as nice as it is, I can talk about my girls. Some people can't talk to other people about the, the children they've lost and the babies and miscarriages. And to be able, we want to offer people like a safe place to be able to go have a chat, speak to someone who's professionally qualified. Mm. The, the football side of things for us will come. Will come. It's we cannot. It's we've we've entered the Affinity Cup. We're looking forward to that. We'd love to get down to Birmingham for a few games. I, myself, I'd, uh, I'd love to get down to Kent and play a game down there. That's where I'm from. Birmingham's where my um, where Birmingham Women's Hospital is the hospital that tried to save my girls before they were born. So we've got time. Sorry? It's a class hospital they saved my son's life. Yeah. So Birmingham. I've got a lot of time for them. Birmingham Women's Hospital, there's um, Professor Kilby there. He's one of the best in the country, if not Europe, at what he does. Um, my wife had to have laser surgery on our twins because they had something called uh, twin-to-twin transfusion syndrome. Um, so yeah. hopefully we can look at working together with one of these guys to raise some money for them. But in the future, it's all about offering this bereavement side. If expanded angels, the, the sand, like Kent Sands, who's, heard what they said how they've expanded I'd love to see an Angels United in Kent in deep dark Wales in Yorkshire up in Newcastle um, short term it's about the kit launch <laughs> we've got our kit we just want to play in it we uh, um, San said they, they have the names on the front we're quite unique that our kits have our Angels names on the back so where people normally have their your name on the back my shirt is number 13, Dottie and Poppy. So it's a unique, it's a strange number for an outfield 
sort of footballer. I'm not going to call myself a footballer because I haven't played for years. But that's the football side of things will come. The main thing for us is going to be the bereavement support, getting charity status, and then hopefully just reaching out to help people. That's the way. That's what you want to do. Kent Sands. We'll probably the next, your, our next charity game will probably be against you guys again because the way this lockdown's going, we're going to come back round to September most probably. Yeah. So we'll, be, <laughs> we'll be playing each other again pretty soon. But um, what are the plans? I know you're you're a league team, but what's the what's the plan with with the charity games and that side of it? Well, the the, the league side of it is you know it's great. It keeps us playing football on a weekly basis. Um, unfortunately, with the the size of the team it tends to mean people have anniversary of their angels um, right around the year. And it gives us that opportunity to play their matches in their memory. Um, you know, so that, that is our sort of bread and butter in the leagues. But the, like you joke about the, you know, next time playing you guys, but it's actually getting to that point now where things are becoming annual. Um, you know, we've played Brighton, Sands United twice. Now. You know, we've, we've done one at home one down in their, their way. Likewise, we're ready for, to play you guys again. And, um, you know, that recognition of, you know, this is our yearly thing, yeah. what we're doing, annual fundraising, you know, it's in, until you've played in a charity game like that, especially for two two charities or multiple charities at the same time, I don't think you've really like, played a game of football you've enjoyed so much, you know, we got stuffed against you guys, yeah. but everybody is shaking hands and having a beer in the bar afterwards and things like that. And, you know, that doesn't happen on a Sunday. It's not mm. the same feelings. I'll tell you one thing, what it is, um, it's making people recognise the charities though. Like, you know, when, if I approach the opposite manager, team's manager and say, I want to do a, it's, it's our centre-backs, Angel's birthday. We've given the captain's armband. Can we honour it with a, minute silence or minute applause at the start of the game, it straight away just, you know, changes the mindset of the, the opposite team. And, and people have then come up to us at the end of the game and went, we're touched, you know, by you guys, you know, here's our match fees, you know, please donate this to the charity, to the charity and things. And yeah. you know, it's, you're touching on subjects that people have never even realised. They just turn up on a Sunday, probably not knowing who they're playing. And then they realise who they're playing all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, and and that's, that's, that's been pretty pretty special but I think in um, long term as I said the, the, the club's expanded um, the charity is really they've put a few people in place permanent members of staff kind of in the Sands United environment we have a bereavement network starting to build up as Ollie was mentioning and um, to every team has a sort of um, member of staff that is trained in bereavement because Sometimes, like I'm taking on this support group leader, so to speak, as well as a football manager and a team secretary and everything else. But people speak to me, and I'm I'm not trained in any of this sort of support. But I've taken it upon myself because I know how I would want to receive that um, advice. But I've kind of just grown and spoken to many people about it. But now I'm going to have somebody to lean on as well if I need that help, and that is quite massive to be, I think, and every team to have that, you know, point of contact to, to support when, you know, my life might change, you know. Uh, we had a baby during lockdown, you know, amazing, we call it our rainbow baby, Noah, um, but 
you know, it's taken my time away from the team at certain points. Whereas, in some, if someone comes to me at a crucial point that they need help, at least I can direct them in that position, which is massive. And um, you know, it's they're the trained people, that, and it's the right way to, to to run a charity team in our in our world. Agreed. Uh, with the Affinity Cup, Spencer, how much? Uh, responsibility do you feel to 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 make it a proper well-respected uh tournament is it is it a big deal is is it just raising awareness is the thing or do you want to make it the go-to charity tournament in the country yeah it's a big deal i mean it's a lot of work um that's gone into it at the moment and hopefully you can see by some of the stuff that we've been releasing um in terms of the the growth in such a short amount of time um, has been incredible, really, and that's something that we're just going to continue to do. I mean, me and Nick speak all day, every day, and we're constantly open up a new conversations with different partners, etc. But you're absolutely right; is that there is no real platform out there in the UK to bring charity teams together or allow charity teams to be in a friendly environment because um, we we do need to need to remember that we are charity teams and it does need to be that friendly. There's nothing out there. So the idea is that we, we, we want this to be yearly or bi-yearly thing um, and to be the, the, the go-to event for charity teams up and down the country. Um, and it's, it's just going so well at the moment. That's back by a lot of people. It's, I think Nick might correct me if I'm wrong, but I think in the first week, two weeks of us actually launching, I think we had around about, Five teams expressed interest to play, and it's just more than we could ever thought. Nick mentioned it at the beginning that we could get 16, 20 teams that take part, and that'd be massive. But um, I think we're already creeping up to about four teams that have applied. How's it going to work? Is it going to be? Is it going to be regionalised, and then you're just going to have a big, a big final somewhere, or is it you're going to make people go up and down the country playing each other? No, so we do have to be very mindful of, of, of people and how people operate, um, the, the areas that people are situated in, and we need to make sure that these teams are maximising their fundraising capabilities as well. Um, so we are looking at regionalising the earlier rounds of the competition. Teams will play will play a fixture with another team that's in their region. It just limits the amount of travel that's going to be involved. Um, of course, if, if you progress further in the competition, there then there may be some travel involved in that. Um, but we've, we're doing a lot of work in the background um, in terms of the final itself to support all those teams with those the costs as well. Um, so, I was going to say, I think when, when we heard about the Affinity Cup, it was the first, it went in our WhatsApp group, the lads straight away, yeah, we're in. Then there's a few of us that... Um, like take on more of the admin side of things and the first thing is like right we're gonna have to actually work out if this is viable um but you have to make the effort whether and it'll be it seems like it's going to be the go-to competition it's going to get charity football the uh, awareness and the status that it deserves um and we saw where you've announced the final and it's not too far from us so we just got to hope we some, can win some games here. We, we still haven't hit we've played three games we've not not got a victory yet so perhaps the first one to come in the first round of your competition 
perhaps. I mean, I mean, for, for, for like maybe not for, for you guys, but I mean, uh, there's there's lots of charity teams up and down the country that do some amazing work, and, and and most of us are used to traveling up and down the country to take part in these events. But we have to be very mindful in the way that we need to ensure that teams are limiting that as much as possible, so we can maximize the, the funds that they can raise because it is about charity and how much we can raise for charity at the end of the day. Um, so that there, there will be certain elements in there that um, will cover that, so we can ensure that that's limited. But again, it's it's a competition at the end of the day, so that there will be an element of travelling somewhere along the line. Fantastic, gentlemen. I think we're I think we're there. Um, thanks for your time. If you could just if we could take it in turns, I'll, I'll call out your your name just to make it easier. Um, just re- give out your um, your social media handle, how people can get in touch if they want to and how they can perhaps um, give some money to your uh, worthy causes. If we start with Damien. We're at FBIM, so Fox Truck Bravo, Indigo Mother Official is our Twitter handle. And then you look on Insta or Facebook, it's just Football in Mind. Um, We do have a Just Giving page, again, under Football in Mind. You'll find it on all of our socials. It's pinned in all of them. And, yeah, um, if you want to get in contact with us, DM us on there. And if you want it private, either myself or Amin will get in touch with you via email. And then from there, we can move forward. Uh, Kent Sands? We're uh, on Twitter, Kent Sands United. Or um, Instagram and Facebook, Sands United FC Kent. Um, yeah, if will, we've got links to fundraising pages and the charity itself. And uh, the inbox is always open. Should anyone want to drop a message, I can direct you to a Sands United somewhere near yourself. Fantastic. Ollie from Angels United. We are at Angels United FC on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, fundraising wise, we haven't got any pages set up as of yet, they're still in ways of looking into what we can do and um, they're probably going to be more specific for the events we're running and the charities we're backing um, but yeah like uh, Damien said if you come through to, if anyone is a bereaved parent or a bereaved family please get in touch with us and uh, if it's direct message on any of them it'd be either myself or my wife that picks it up and uh, it'd be great to get people it'd be not great because, of course, if someone's getting involved, it means they're a bereaved parent like like myself. But we want it. We're here to reach out to people and help them through it. We should set up. We should. We should, It's a positive thing that people look out to to speak to other people. Uh, yeah. One thing that blokes maybe let's focus on guys for this this comment really that we're not really that good at speaking um, at speaking when we need to when we need to. I know. I've been through some issues myself and um, chose not to speak to people for a, bit, for a rather long time and, and paid the price later on in life when um, all of that PTSD. I would, I would say on that, we've, we're offering a service that we didn't have two years ago. Yeah. It's now there available. Yeah. Use it. Exactly. We, we, blokes need to speak up and speak out and all this man up stuff and, uh, you know, sort yourself out, blah, blah, blah. It's all, it's all rubbish. We had um, we had a member join a couple of weeks ago, 20 years ago, his daughter fell asleep one night and he went into the army and uh, he's a lovely guy. I've spoken to him a lot since he joined. He went into the army and he um, 
he said, I put it in a book and hid it away. And there wasn't anything like this before because social media 20 years ago wasn't here. There wasn't people that were, there weren't blokes that were actually willing to talk and to tell their stories and say their children's names. So we don't want anyone to suffer in silence. It might be, we, it might be that you're not from, we're based in Manchester. You might not be in Manchester, but if you need someone to talk to a group of blokes that will have a laugh with you, but also at the same time, if you are in a dark place, you've got a group there to turn on. We we say we're a family. I'm sure Kent Sands are the same, and put in mind the Nightingale through NHS. We're all one big family, and Affinity Cup are bring us all together as a massive yeah. family in the charity sector. And we need to look out for each other and help each other through not just through lockdown now, but moving forward in the future as well. Absolutely. It's not it's not just a lockdown thing. You know, we did a big series of podcasts through lockdown one called um, 50 podcasts in 50 days. And you know, I was keen that it, everyone seemed to make the effort <clears throat> during lockdowns because you're not seeing people. You're not down the pub seeing your mates. You're not at football seeing people. That it's great to make the effort um, when you can't see people. But that needs to continue. It's not just a lockdown thing. It's not just a covid era thing that checking in on people or knocking on your neighbor's door, knocking on your old, your old next door neighbor's door to check if they want stuff. That's just something you, we, that we should be doing and we should be more community focused. We, you know, in the modern world, um, people that the interaction seems to be less, we've got all these things. I mean, we're recording, we're recording on zoom now, but um, the, the human interaction is something that, that we need. And, and I think that's why there, there may be so much suffering uh, with mental health because that that interaction just doesn't help and, and nothing and nothing is better than hearing someone's voice or knowing that someone is asking are you okay and um, that's that's massively important and we need to keep that conversation going 100 beyond uh, lockdown that should become a habit it should become an everyday thing most certainly i agree uh, the world needs the world needs more kindness at the moment we see it on everything that people are going through racism inequality and things like that we need to actually be checking up on each other and dropping a text it, what does two minutes 20 seconds take take you to text your mate and see how he is one morning who you haven't heard from for a week it, it's nothing it's nothing and you know it could it could be the difference between him you know people making um decisions that uh, that, that mean it, that it's, it's a life limiting decision, and yeah, and obviously our charity, Mike uh, Mike Strong, decided to to make that the the ultimate decision. And uh, you know, who knows if um, if he'd have been badgered enough by by people, he might have spoken out. And um, you know, uh, it's 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 uh, it's a massive deal. Uh, Spencer, do you want to give us your your social media? Yeah, so we can um, be contacted on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at NAFinity Cup. That's November Alpha Affinity Cup. Um, Instagram and Facebook is just the National Affinity Cup. Um, so we can be contacted either way. Um, or you can contact us on email, which is National Affinity Cup. And that comes through to both myself and Nick. Um, so if anybody wants to express an interest in taking part, or wants to apply, or just generally want some information or, or help to satisfy those methods. And when are you going to close the um, the applicants for that? Because obviously you've got to try and control it. Um, when when does the application period uh, shut for that? Yeah, well, we haven't really set an end date to it at the moment, although we're going to have to. 
um because the way it's going at the moment we we, we then need to move date or, or or a cap on it um we're going to keep it open for a little while um so all i would say is just keep an eye on our social media and um we'll keep everyone updated when it goes on um primarily on twitter fantastic and nick from nightingale yeah just very very quickly going back to what spencer just said one thing we, we did want to mention tonight just because i know ollie touched <laughs> on it earlier um, the one thing we have been really proud about as well is that Chorley FC have been in, involved in terms of um, wanting to not just host the final, but support the charity for what it is. Um, I'm not going to name clubs um, because this isn't the platform to do it on. Um, but to just give you an idea of the reason why we're doing this, we've said it before, it's because we want people to realise the importance of charity football. And that's what that goes above everything else that we're doing it for. Um, we've actually had teams in the, the Premier League and in the Championship approach to host the final but then when we've opened the letters and the documentation and stuff that we've been sent through if I tell you that we've been told that yeah we'll host it but the price is anywhere from between five to seven thousand pounds just for the pitch yeah. that's without anything else and that's not what we're about like I say you know Wembley Stadium could come and offer it tomorrow but unless it's for free and it's to do with actually the cause of what we're doing and understanding that we're coming together as a charity and we're non-profit yeah. I couldn't care less I'd rather get on board with a club like Chorley who their morals are good. They want to support the charity. They want to do something for their area. And I think it. I think everybody in here would agree with that as well. I think it's the right way to do it. Um, going back to Nightingale, um, so social media. On Twitter, we're just Nightingale FC, nice and easy. Yeah. On Facebook, we're Nightingale Football Club. And then on Instagram, really annoyingly, um, I don't know who it is. Somebody must already have the tag. Um, but we're at Nightingale FC 2020. So if okay. ever you do spot, if you do have a spot where it's got FC, let us know. Um, <laughs> in terms of raising money, if you just literally type in any search engine, if you go to Just Giving, type in Nightingale FC, you'll see it on there. And the only other thing that we've got is on Twitter within our bio, um, we've got a link to the Royal Orthopaedic Hospital Charitable Fund. So the other sponsorship that we've got, and the other partners we've got, you can see a little bit about what their charity is. Um, if anybody wants to get involved with them or any sort of things down the line. Lads, it's been brilliant to talk. I'm glad that we chose charity um, as our first show to kick off this new this new series or new season of recordings. Um, charity begins at home, so our our series begins with charity. Um, I'm really I'm, I'm sure I'll meet I'll be meeting uh, Kent Sands again soon and talking about them uh, weekly uh, on one of our podcasts. But I hope to meet uh, all of you guys in the near future and I wish you all the best for 2021 and beyond thank you you very much stay safe everybody stay safe thanks for the opportunity cheers having trouble tracking who can play and who can't download down to play before your next match the first app to purely focus on player availability get down to play for free in the app store and google play this week's Selk podcast was brought to you by Down to Play, the simple app for next game availability.